Hi, this is Jess Van Ostrand. Video artist Kevin McCoy, who often works with his wife Jennifer McCoy, has shown his work at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, the Museum of Modern Art, the Pompidou Center, among other prestigious institutions. His work has been widely reviewed in major art publications, and he and Jen are recipients of the 2011 Guggenheim Fellowship. Kevin is also associate professor in the Department of Art and Art Professions at NYU. And if that wasn't enough to keep him busy, he just launched Monograph.com, a platform that provides a mechanism for validating, owning, and trading digital media. I met with him two days after Monograph's official opening party to discuss how it works and what it means to work in art and technology in 2015. Thanks for listening. Thanks for chatting with me. Okay, so the last time the project room saw you, you and your wife Jen, who you've been collaborating with for a very long time, were in the project room space directing or sort of directing improvisational actors to give fake tours of Northwest Masterworks. Yes. Um, it was called Northwest Passing. That was a really memorable project. How the heck did you get from that to where you are today? Yeah. <laughs> that was in 2012, so we're talking right. three years later. A lot can happen in an artist's career in three years. That's true. A lot can happen. Um, that's absolutely true. And, and I think that it's important to recognize, uh, so with the current uh, project I'm doing with Monograph, I wouldn't say that Mon Monograph is not an art project. Artists, Monograph is a project that uh, takes uh, ideas about the art world and it, and, and it puts them in the service of creative people, including artists, and, and addresses a lot of critical needs. Um, but it's not an art project. Uh, so Northwest Passage, I think, very much is an art project, uh, Northwest Passage, uh, because it's about, um, it's, it's about the dialogue. It was about the dialogue around art. Uh, it was showing artworks uh, in, the, in this way. Um, but it was our staging our effort to uh, create an environment uh, you know, for people to have a dialogue in. Um, although that's, as I'm describing it, I'm just thinking to myself, wow, all those things you could describe monograph that way too. So yeah. I'm not doing a very good job of separating it from the artworks, um, even though I think that the intentions are, are, are somewhat different. Well, it's your brain. I mean, yes. that's what makes them both unique. They're both, they both have Kevin McCoy's mind behind them, so you yeah. know, that cannot be disputed. But um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you make that distinction between an art project and monograph, which is a business. I mean, yeah. it's set up like a business, yeah. but um, as an artist, does it matter to make those distinctions? Like, yeah, it's, and you're, you're absolutely right about uh, this, the thought process or the brain, uh, and that's something that I had, you know, uh, realized early on with the process of monograph and to a certain extent why it was I felt okay about going in a direction that was different than the studio than studio practice uh, because I felt well this is coming out of the same process thought processes that's produced artworks um, but this is a thought process in a different context and so I think that you are I mean there's two things there's you know, Monograph is a platform to enable um, artists and creators of any kind a mechanism so that they can so that they can easily license their work to be used commercially, mm -hmm. uh, and and that also includes artistic, uh, art, you know, artistic sales and artistic uses. So it's something in the digital world um, uh, that that uh, hasn't been so easy to do uh, in the sense that. Files can just be copied around and whatever, and so the idea of ownership and usage has been really nebulous. 
uh, especially in kind of social sharing and whatever. And so most um, professional media practices, TV, whatever, all work in terms of licensing. That's just the bedrock of how it works. But uh, kind of bottom-up creators have not had an easy way to, to, to participate in that world. Uh, and so Monograph is there to help those people do that. So in that sense, it's, it has practical goals, uh, and it's meant to help people get the attribution and the value that I think that they're that they're due mm -hmm. uh, from their work. Um, but it's 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 meant to serve. It's meant to serve creative people. Uh, and so I think that, that that goal or that purpose or that underlying function is different than the goal or purpose or underlying function of an art exhibition. Um, and certainly, you know, what we did in the project room, uh, which was, you know, about our, uh, the ideas and, and the thought processes and the creative trajectories that Jen and I had been developing. Um, I mean, both a um, monograph as a platform and an art exhibition need a public and they're designed to be publicly consumed, used, discussed, whatever. So they're similar on that regards. But, you know, we, uh, in monograph, I had to take a back seat to the needs of the people who are using it, mm -hmm. you know, and, and trying to make that, you know, my, my success, the platform's success is the extent to which it's successful for them. An artwork can be successful in many different kinds of ways, um, and, and the, the role of the public is more open, open-ended, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it seemed to me, um, at least with Northwest Passing, that there was a, like, an intellectual satisfaction to exploring some ideas, and mm -hmm. then that is, could be one measure of yeah. success or completion of the work, is yeah. to ask some questions and figure out how to look at something from a different way or a way that you hadn't looked at before, and certainly your measurable goals for this company, Monograph, certainly have more to do with um, that practicality yeah. that you're talking about. But one thing that's interesting to me that comes up at the Project Room a lot is the idea of creativity as an act of problem solving. Mm -hmm. And so therein maybe is like an, is another similarity because it seems the way you're talking about monograph is that you were out to correct something or fix a problem or yeah. address a need. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and, and also the underlying assumption with monograph is that uh, the creative work has value and that that value is not has not typically been easily captured mm -hmm. uh, and so if that can you know if monograph as a platform succeeds that's a mechanism to capture some of that value in a real way that, that people can get paid for what they do and, and, mm -hmm. and it can help them get by you know help them function yeah. professionally you know and so I think that and to me it's interesting and this also fits into the art processes I had of just not wanting to make a line around what counts as art and what doesn't count as art, you know. So, um, in the case of like Northwest Passing, where we're showing these like you know canonical Northwest artist works that are like you know kind of capital A art, and to a certain extent, people don't always know about that work, so its status as as you know legitimate high end canonical Pacific Northwest school art. Is sort of unknown to people, but it's but you know within the know within you know within certain circles it's it's clearly established, clearly known, it's settled, right? So there's this sort of insider art to use maybe a poorly fitting phrase uh, there, and then there's the work of the of the of the actors who are performing that are doing their artworks, and so acting is is you know not a capital A art form, you know it's this other kind of art, you know this other kind of creative practice, you know mm -hmm. that doesn't have the same type of standing, you know, that, that art does, you know, so it, it's just, so it's this, it makes for this overlap of kind of, you know, museum art and more popular art, vernacular mm -hmm. art or whatever, you know, and so I think, you know, part of Northwest Passing was sort of overlaying these two different types of creativity and comparing them 
you know, the works on the, you know, the works on the wall versus the works of the performers uh, uh, that, that, that operate in different spheres, different ways, and overlaying them. And then also working with actors, you know, that are at different le professional levels, mm -hmm. you know. So we're, you know, really trying to address different stages of creativity. And, and, and it's not like it all goes in some linear way from kind of amateur to blue chip. You know, it's just these overlapping layers, overlapping mm -hmm. networks, overlapping systems. And, um, and, and absolutely, our work is about that, has been about that in different ways at different times. And that same process is going on in Monograph because anybody can register a work, anybody can set terms for it, anyone can try to find a market, to, uh, you know, someone to, to, to buy it. You know, and, and make an exchange and, and, and unlock real value. Um, and so it's open in that same way. I'm not going to say it's just for fine art. It's just for professional photographers. It's just for whatever. It's like, mm -hmm. we'll see. And so it's an openness to creativity in an agnostic sense. That's so interesting. And also, um, you showed me recently that somebody had uploaded a GIF. Yeah. So it's not, so this is a platform that's open to really any kind of like visual production that works on a screen. I mean, is that yes. like the most general description? No question about okay. it. And, and absolutely. And so, I mean, we're, you know, we're dealing with practical constraints around our, uh, just our system and our contract model and our user interface. So right now it's very much about an image. Uh, and, and, and then and also an animated GIF, you know, that's what we accommodate right now, um, but you know, we're, we're well underway of adding in video support, other kinds of you know, like source files, you know, layered Photoshop documents or whatever, 3D animations that comprise four or five different parts all together. The system can accommodate those things too, and, and that's, you know, the nature of digital production, digital creativity now is these multi, you know, multifaceted uh, projects, and we want to be able to grow to it, uh, handle all those sorts of things. So you bring up value, which is a huge topic for visual artists, I think, and especially emerging artists who are new to the field and struggling with how to how to place value on their time, on the art that they're making. So I was wondering, um, as um, as an artist who's worked in the digital field for a really long time, did you ever struggle with how you perceive value for the work that you make? And then how did that come into play when you're designing Monograph, which is based on you know, giving credit, giving value to these works? Yeah, definitely. Um, and so you know, the, I've done it in different ways at different times. And I think that everybody is constantly confronted with this value question, whether they're offering stuff out to the world or they're buying things. I mean, you could think about it mm -hmm. at the earliest stages of, say, do I go to art school? What's the value of art school to me? You know, is it worth the tens of thousands of dollars each year it's going to cost me or mm -hmm. not? You know, so there's a value proposition there. Um, and then when you're making work, uh, you could be working in a commercial sphere or a fine art sphere, and you're like, how do I charge for what I do? Yeah. You know, and, and um, uh, you know, in, 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 in a freelance sense or a kind of day rate sense or whatever, or you make a work and it's like, what does that work, what value does that work have? And so we, you know, want to, you know, we have this underlying question, I've used it in some talks before, is what, you know, what is your creativity worth? And, you know, it's just such a basic and uh, mm -hmm. fundamental question. And the answer to it is always a process. And so I think that, you know, with, with Monograph, it's a, it's a market mechanism. You know, you're setting a price, you're finding a buyer. And, and there's this kind mm -hmm. of buyer-seller match that has to happen for that mm -hmm. to, to come. So you're making an offer. 
and someone can come and match that offer. We'll be adding ways to negotiate and talk and you know, can structure it in different ways, but at the end of the day, it's like, that's what it is. One side, the other side, mm-hmm. can a match be found? Mm-hmm. And so it's really using a kind of classic um, market pricing mechanism to answer yeah. that question right now. Like, like other things that are mm-hmm. online, you have to find a buyer and that helps you yeah. <laughs> set your prices, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, and now, and what's, what's, I mean, we're in the very earliest, earliest stages of Monograph. And what's so interesting is to see people just wrestle with and engage and struggle with these questions because you have to just answer them practically. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so the, you know, the one is like, what should I price this at? Mm-hmm. Is it $5? Is it $50? Is it $500? Is it, you know, whatever. But tied into that is the fact that you're setting up licensing terms and we have very different approaches that the platform supports. So an artwork uh, license uh, is, is, is for non-commercial use. It can, you know, uh, it can't be changed. There has to be attribution for the for the, um, the the artist, you know, like like a painting, kind of like there it is, that's it. So it's just enjoyment value and possible resale value, right? So it's, you might buy a photograph, for example, and it's just for you to display. That's right. It's just to display. But then we have other licenses that are explicitly commercial licensed, like you know, like in, in stock photography or commercial photography uh, situations. These licenses are more typical, where the, where there'll be you know, different kinds of restrictions on how many times it can be used or whatever. Uh, and then we have one license, snapshot license, that really is, you can do whatever you want commercially with this image. You buy it from me, and now it's yours. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, that those, you know, say, artwork on the one hand and snapshot on the other provide very different utility models for the buyer, right? You can, you know, they're totally different utility models. So that's going to affect the value. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's like, is one, you know, and, 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 and it's not a simple question of, oh, if I make it snapshot, the buyer can do more with it, therefore it's more valuable. The artwork could be more valuable too because you're an established artist. There's an, already a market for your artwork that answers the value question. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're just confronted with this value question all along the way. And right now we're just in this experimentation period where people are just trying things out. And, and seeing what happens, and it's it just it's really fun to watch. So the other night, I went to this really blockbuster uh, launch party mm-hmm. celebrating Monograph, and uh, you had a presenter representing a gallery. Yes. So do you? I mean, where do you see this going to the place where a museum might actually acquire works through a platform like Monograph? How do you see this absolutely. happening in the art collecting? Uh, I do. I do absolutely think that for sure. Um, I, there's no question in my mind that um, that that will happen and will happen soon. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. There's no reason that it, that it won't happen. Um, and Steve Sachs uh, from Bitforms Gallery, uh, we're working closely with him. Um, and, you know, he brought up, the, I mean, what he said at the opening is, rightly so, there's a difference between, you know, the kind of experiment experimentation going on in Monograph right now around price points that are, you know, uh, uh, you know stuff selling for 50 bucks, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. And you know, I've got works on there, and I've got a market, so my you know prices are higher. No one's buying at that price yet, or whatever. In the past couple of days, but still, it's 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 a, a one end of the scale. He's talking about artworks that are six figure artworks, right? But that are digital, right? They're digital works, six figure six figure works, um, and so just the, the 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 needs and the expectations uh, are specific in that kind of sphere, mm-hmm. uh, and so we're working with him to try to figure out what. Um, what the whole 
picture might look like, and I think that's going to involve, uh, you know, partnerships and other kinds of groups that are coming together to sort of come up with what that way forward is. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I think that for sure, um, um, these kind of attributed um, monographed works will be in, in museum collections. Wow, that's so that's so exciting. Um, I wanted to ask you about, we've covered it already in this conversation, but I did want to talk about um, this term, art and technology, mm-hmm. um, because I see it used in a lot of different ways, and I think it's started to, it's evolved over the years, and it's an area that you've been working in for a while. So um, I think for most people, they're not sure what it means to say art and technology, mm-hmm. an art and technology project, or an art and te- technology piece. Um, but it certainly means a lot more than using a particular piece of equipment to make a work of art. Yeah. And so um, I've had a lot of conversations with that about what what it actually means to say something is like art and technology based. But it also has to do with merging ideas between two very different industries, different mm-hmm. fields. So I wondered, has this idea of art and technology, because I'm just seeing it everywhere, has it changed for you over the years? And, and like, what does it mean to you in your work? For sure it's changed uh, greatly over the years. Um, it's, a fra- it's a useful phrase, or it's certainly an yeah. easy at the tongue phrase, you know, yeah. technology, you know, um, at the, you know, if you really think about it, it's probably not so useful. Uh, it's absolutely changed drastically what could be covered under that, uh, that phrase. Um, and, and I think about it, you know, I mean, one thing that's, that's different, and it also, you could say like new media art too, which is like some sort of old, you know, now old, old fashioned kind of concept really. Of, but still maybe, being used. I mean, you can yeah. still apply for like a grant in the category of, new media art, and I'm yeah. not sure what it means right now. No, exactly, and I think that's just because institutions got there and then are slow to get off of there, yeah. even though the topic doesn't really <laughs> much anymore. <laughs> I mean, to me, the, there, there is a kind of like generational divide, and I'm old enough to be in the other generation, uh, where there you know, practitioners that were working with uh, technological platforms in the 90s, say, early to, you know, up into the very just earliest 2000s, were really engaged with building their own systems, uh, and, and really, you know, I'm thinking of like net artists and you know, the, you know so working like on online, working with software, really meant a kind of deep engagement with the tools themselves to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. That I think was a echo, carry on echo from uh, a formalist, you know, impulses in the '60s and '70s. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of minimalist, kind of you know, delving into materials you know, kind of manifested itself in these early technological projects around the idea of a sort of a kind of self-referentiality in the system itself. Uh, and and our, our work was sort of that way. And then I think that there's a generational switch where people just started using platforms, online platforms, digital platforms. They just used them. Because it's just sort of built into the kind of way we work and function. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, so it could then just be you know, posting stuff on Tumblr, and posting stuff on Instagram, and like using Photoshop, or, you know, um, you know, on and on and on, mm-hmm. uh, rather than thinking about some sort of critical engagement and deconstruction of those platforms or something like that. And so I think that that's a generational divide. Oh, okay. So where are you now in your thinking well, about that? Uh, I'm still pretty systems-oriented in mm-hmm. my thinking. Um, but now that's been harnessed to try to build a system. <laughs> that's <laughs> that, great. Uh, that has real users. Um, you know, and, and you know, with the you know going in a business direction means you have investors. Um, 
you, you deal with rich people in the art world and you deal with rich people in the business world, but the nature of that relationship is different in when you're dealing with investors versus collectors. Those How are so? Two different, you know, those are two different approaches, even though a, you know, a given person of means might be both a collector and an investor. Um, but uh, I have found, that, and, and one reason that's so... Being involved with starting up Monograph has been just so interesting on so many different levels, um, but I have really enjoyed the different um, position, the different nature of the dialogue that I have vis-a-vis um, my investors, investors versus collectors. Sometimes the art world um, can, um, you know, foster, you know, it's youth-obsessed, of course, uh, and then along with that is, is is a kind of dumbing down of the dialogue, you know, and a kind of like obfuscation of what's going on, a kind mm. of like, oh, yeah, whatever, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It's like, just whatever. Don't try too hard. Was that your young person imitation? Kind of like, <laughs> like jaded art jaded, world person you know, imitation? Like, uh, yeah. Don't whatever. try too hard. Here, you know, here it is. Uh, and that's yeah. not the case at all um, when you're dealing with investors where you need to have, you know, expertise and know you know, what the hell you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've enjoyed that. Yeah. So you're an artist, but you're also an educator. I am. Um, You you wear many hats. And now you're a CEO, entrepreneur, business person. Um, When you first started Monograph and took on that third role, was that the first time you felt like you were in that role? Or does it echo ways that you've run your art career? What did you feel like you were in a foreign land entering this version of technology? That's a good question, and um, you know because you know I've been involved in art and technology for a long time. You know you're riding parallel to the various waves that have been happening. You know the you're kind of the early dot com wave, and, um, and 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 so you know people that are working on the other side of the line, you know, the commercial side of the line uh, versus the art side of the line. And people would kind of move back and forth. So I've always been um, kind of bumping up against that business world, you know, whatever advertising or startup or media or whatever. Um, And outside of just a few, you know, projects, a few handful of examples uh, have stayed on the art side of it. Um, and, And I'm always... You've been interested in, in, in that and have a kind of, you know, holistic view of, of what's going on. As I've got, you know, people, I don't, I don't begrudge people to the decisions they make, you know, in terms of how they move forward with their lives and their, their careers. Um, but I had never really felt that there was a project that I had that was going to be in that direction. Mm-hmm. It was always this other direction. It was always the art world, mm-hmm. you know. And maybe it was going to be the film world or something. Maybe it was like the closest you'd come to some kind of, you know, more, you know, mainstream or sure, yeah. know, known kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but then, you know, with Monograph, it really made sense to see uh, how, how it could work as a, as a platform. It started off as an art project. I mean, it started off in an art context in the sense that, there, you know, the event in which I presented it was hosted by the New Museum uh, and, and uh, you know, at the 7 on 7 conference where they're pairing an artist with a technologist around a one-day collaboration to produce something. And I was the artist, um, you know, in that role at an art museum, you know, at a, an event hosted by an arts organization, so, it, and, and, you know, and about serving digital artists. So it's clearly had this art focus, but it always had this practical end to it. And mm-hmm. so then when I made the decision um, about a year ago to 
solve answer this question of what does Monograph look like as a platform for people to use, um, then it moved, I think, more definitively into a commercial enterprise, practical This enterprise. all happened in a year? This all happened in a year. Oh, my gosh. Year, one year. So there must be something, too, then, about your incredible, uh, I don't know, a- ambition and <laughs> ability to see something through, because one year seems really short to me, and I'm sure... As an artist, being at, you know becoming as established as you have, that you've had to have those same qualities. Well, that is true, and and, and, and it's absolutely been um, a, a vision issue. You know, I mean, in the sense that, and, and this also paralleled parallel the art thing, um, the, you know, the art practice. You have an image in your mind of this thing. No one understands what you're talking about, and you see it very clearly. It's like we could do this. There's this thing that looks like this, and we can get there by doing A plus B plus C plus D. And then we're here, and it's going to be really cool. Uh, and you need to produce that. Uh, in, in the art world, you're trying to get funding, trying to get support to come do it. No one understands what you're doing. You're mocking things up and like whatever, and everyone's like, Ugh. until finally <laughs> you figure out how to do it yourself on the cheap in a hacky kind of way. And then everyone goes, oh, I see what you're doing. That's amazing. Fantastic. Um, and you had to have the faith, you had to have this clarity of vision, um, and it's been absolutely the same thing with this, where no one understands what you're talking about, because uh, it involves blockchains and legal rights and, uh, you know, ownership and usage of media and facilitating this back and forth, and everyone's like, what are you talking about? But we, I had this clear vision of what it could be and what it could look like, uh, and then working towards that, so that's been very similar. Um, uh, I mean, and I've you know have a collaborative art practice, and this is you know highly collaborative on, on monograph side. So I've you know kind of used to that uh, as, as well too. Um, but uh, because this is you know an investor-driven um, project, uh, although we're far from rolling in money, we've had money to be able to pay people to you know to hire people to do things, and so we've just had a level of of, of talent um, that's just so fantastic, and you can do a lot with when you find the right people. Yeah, well, and that's part of your practice, too, which is yeah. being collaborative and identifying the right collaborators, right? I mean, you've yeah. surrounded yourself with this really incredible team. Um, so tell us about how, how you know, how do you work with others, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> how does that come about? Because it seems like a lot of people with the, the vision that you're talking about, it seems like a, you'd want to just, like, do it yourself because you're the only one that knows what it looks like. So how do you interpret that for the people that you bring on board? <laughs> you, Is that like an impossible question to no, answer? No, it's not an impossible question. It's hard to know. Um, you, it's, it's funny because you have, a, you have a strong vision, but you also have to have a light touch. I've found. There's many management styles, if mm-hmm. that's the word you want to sure, use for sure. it, right? Um, mine is somewhat of a light touch where you're kind of open to, you need to be open to what the other person's bringing. Um, that's the whole point of doing it, right? Um, and so you, so I have a kind of a light touch, but then also at the same time, encouraging people to, you know, like you don't correct people when they're kind of going in this direction, but you slowly set it up so that they come around and have an idea that that's their idea, but it's the idea that was you, you were ready for them to have all along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know what you mean. And then, yeah, and yeah. Like, you're like, yeah, that's a good idea. Exactly what I had been thinking for the past month. Yeah, but they got, they had to get there. But you had to get there. Yeah, totally. You had to get there. Um, no, which isn't, which sounds like a backhanded way of trying to take credit for everything. That's not the case. But it's, you know, it's that kind of 
back and forth. Yeah, but you have to stay on the shared vision path, mm -hmm. right? And so yeah. as you have this team, you're still guiding the ship, even as people are like, yeah. you know, working independently or having their own ideas. Yeah, I mean, and as CEO, your job is this is that is that front face, that storyteller, that mouthpiece, mm -hmm. that you know, that that organizer. You know, mm -hmm. be it on the finance side, be it on the team building side, on the product side, whatever. You know, you're like trying to kind of keep this image together. Yeah. Well, you've had to talk about your artwork for many years. Absolutely. Which I'm sure, you know, like you said, people don't always just immediately understand no. what your thinking was. Do you like that role? I mean, do you like being the public face? Of something like that? I do. I mean, well, it's interesting. And there's also a difference now between... Here's another difference between art and, say, this commercial enterprise. Over the years, I had found that talking about art uh, in, a, in, a, in a kind of, you know, slideshow kind of context, you know, you go to a school, you go to a museum, you do this, you do a kind of talk of your work. That evolves over time, and you kind of get better at it or whatever. But I found it, in the long run, counterproductive because you just start believing these narrative stories that you're telling about the process and almost like this inevitability of like, this led to this and after that it seemed clear that I needed to, you know, that there was, this was this open question, you needed this and you did this and you kind of stitch this narrative together that has this sort of inevitability of a big ball rolling down the hill when the actual truth is that it was totally chaotic and totally ad hoc and you really had no idea what was going on. And so, which is fine, but then if when over the years of telling those sorts of stories, you're still at an ongoing studio practice, and you mm -hmm. start to then kind of go, well, where's my obvious next step? <laughs> you know, it's like you start. Oh to man, so you set yourself up for this unrealistic expectation for based, yourself, towards, based towards on the PowerPoint presentations yeah, you've been giving. You yeah, exactly. That narrative can kind of come back to like just be this weight on you. Uh, around, you know, that just be like, uh. so it doesn't, <laughs> you know, so doing a lot of, you know, and I've been doing it for a while, so you have a long time of um, doing these things, and, and it and it's sort of, it's touchy, you know, so that, that, that outreach of, that, that distilled public communication about your work mm -hmm. isn't necessarily productive to an artist, but I think it's actually very helpful for um, a commercial project, because it helps clarify the idea, clarifies your user interfaces, your your goals, things like that. So I think that that is so far it's proven to be very helpful um, on the on the business side. Oh, that's so interesting. Well, I think you just touched on something important, which is that art is not meant to make things simpler. Yes. Right. Art often is at its best when it's sort of complicating assumptions or raising more questions than it's answering. Yes. Whereas with a business, it has a practical use that people need to be able to yeah. act on and understand. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think with something like Monograph, it's transformative in the sense that uh, it's, you know, we want to make it, elements of it simple, but I think that its cumulative social effect will be complex. Uh, mm. And so, you know, hopefully, you know, if it, if it takes hold, uh, I think it has the capacity to do that. Um, and so, but that has to be built from a more practical and simple mechanism that can kind of repeat and layer and kind of split out and then mm -hmm. create this complexity. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. Well, so Monograph launched, what, two days ago? That's right. So this Publicly. is this is like very exciting and I'm grateful to be here during this brand new time. Yeah. What, where do you think it's going to be in 10 years? Uh, well, uh, I think it's going to... Well, let me let me flip that question around. Right. If you think of where we were ten years ago, where right? were we? Uh, Facebook was didn't exist. 
Social media barely existed except for MySpace and Friendster. There was no mobile, no mobile. Oh, no I forgot mobile about phone. Friendster. Yeah, you know, we, you know, there was no iPhone. Uh, we still probably had an iPod. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the iTunes Store was there. Maybe mm. you know, whatever. And so my point being that that you know we we you know the, this way we feel the world now of like the inevitability of Facebook, of of iPhones to pick two the kind of prime ones, you know, or, or, or other kind of other social media platforms just seem like such an absolute status quo, yet they're so short, they're so short in the, t- in the time span, even of the internet, even of technology or whatever. It's like they've only been around a little while. Um, and so I think that um, that's just to say that things can change drastically quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're mistaken to think that those that we're not going to experience more drastic and quick change mm-hmm. in the future. And I think that Monograph has the capacity to be that kind of drastic and quick change. Mm-hmm. So in 10 years, it could very well be that social media now works around value exchange in a way like Monograph is describing, and it takes over everything, whether it's Monograph or other things like it or whatever. I mean, I think that that could happen. Well, congratulations. It's very exciting. I'm so delighted to be here while there's all this exciting stuff's happening. And I think um, it'll be really interesting to follow it and see what happens yep. and see how many, you know, you've already got a lot of users in yeah, two days. days. I yeah. mean, this is like really, this is happening. This yeah, is yeah, a real thing. Happening. I know, but hey, one step at a time, you one know, step one at step time. at a time, solving problems, getting stuff out there. Yeah, totally. Out. Everyone go to monograph.com, spelled with an E, funny spelling, uh, <laughs> monograph.com, make an account, download the app, register some I'm stuff. rooting for you. This is so <laughs> awesome. And I'm sure this is going to benefit a lot of artists. That's so thank you on behalf of the artist community. Yeah. <laughs>